This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Dan. In today's game, we will be pitting the Benchwarmer team of Matt and Scott versus newcomers Wesley and Scott. Welcome to the bench, Scott and Wesley. Uh, Wesley, why don't you take a minute to let us know uh, where you're from, what teams you root for, uh, anything else you'd like to share about why I'm such an awesome trivia teammate, things like that. And then, Scott, you can do the same after that. All right. Well, as Dan said, um, my name's Wesley Wells. Um, and Dan and I are trivia teammates on our geek ball team called the Sin Six, which is probably a little closer knit than most eagle teams. It's been kind of a fun ride over the past two and a half, three years, getting to know these guys in and become friends deeper than just trivia. Um, I live in Fayetteville, Arkansas, recently moved there from St. Louis. Woo pig. Uh, Woo pig. That is my main team. I love the Arkansas Razorbacks, the 2018 college world series champions minus one out. Um, Oregon State begs to differ, Wesley. (laughs) (laughs) Minus one out. (laughs) And um, I don't love professional sports other than the MLB. I'm a huge Cardinals fan. I've got teams in the other sports that I kind of root for, but you won't catch me watching a whole lot of non-college sports other than my Cardinals. All right, Scott, go ahead and introduce yourself, please. Hey, uh, Scott Barber uh, from West Virginia, checking in again uh, with the Sinister Six with Dan and Wesley. Uh, like Dan, like uh, Wes said, it's been just a heck of a ride, and we've uh, we're a pretty tight knit group, like you said. And um, uh, I mean, it's couldn't say it any better. It's been a heck of a ride, and I'm looking forward to years and years more of uh, playing trivia with these guys. They've become really, really good friends of mine. Uh, in a very quick amount of time. I'm a um, West Virginia native, WVU fan, uh, Marshall fan, and a uh, also, a, strangely enough, Boston everything fan. My mom's family's from Boston, so uh, I'm sort of dyed in wool with all four of the, uh, well, at least three of the professional sports teams uh, out of Boston. And, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Are you going to tell us your NFL team? Hello. The NFL team is actually sad. It's Cincinnati Bengals. And I blame my uh, uncle who got me onto all the other Boston teams early. He wasn't a Pats fan because the Pats stunk when I was a kid. So it was all Red Sox and Celtics and Bruins when I was growing up. And he never even mentioned the Pats. And because of that, uh, I went uh, a long time not really having an NFL team until a lot of people in my area in Southern West Virginia really clung on to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I thought, Oh, okay. I'll be a Bengals fan. That was a bad idea. So can't win them all. Funny enough. We just did a show with somebody who is a Boston fan and a Bengals fan. Really? Yes. That's funny. Just, I mean, it was just the last show we did. So now I still have a soft spot for the Pats cause it's Boston, but uh, it's, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself dyed in the wool, but I do appreciate greatness. So the fact that they're just uh, as great as they are, 
Uh, really warms my heart to no end. But but that's a, that's me in a nutshell. Oh, Wesley and Scott, what is your team name going to be for today? Um, our team name is going to be Hillbilly Blues because we are both from rural states. Scott from West Virginia, me from Arkansas. Um, and to get a little political, we're both kind of blue dots in the middle of these very red states. And that also makes us sad. So it works on multiple levels. All right, so Hillbilly Blues it is. All right, Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, big day, you know, lots of craziness going on in our world. We got a nephew in town and then daughter's friends over and then had a whole bunch of appointments today and I got to meet my new boss today, so it was crazy. You know, uh, you know your life really has got something you really think about when you meet your new boss and you realize he's about 10 times cooler than you'll ever be. So I was humbled by that today. So, uh, yeah. So other than that, it's pretty, it's pretty okay day. So Scott, how about your day? Well, first off, isn't everyone you meet 10 times cooler than you? So you wow. should probably be wow. used to that by now. Already? Jeez. I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm good. I'm hopped up on Pepsi. I don't drink a lot of soda, so this could get wild. Uh, Dan, I hope you have some music questions because I'm definitely in a singing mood. <laughs> um, my birthday's tomorrow, so I'm looking at this one of two ways. This is either going to be an early birthday present if I win or if I lose horribly like I've been known to do in the past, I can drown my sorrows in some delicious birthday cake. So I'm good either way. All right. And Scott and Matt, what is your team name going to be today? This is fitting because it is tomorrow. Our team name is going to be Happy Birthday, Scott. All right. So today we've got Hillbilly Blues versus Happy Birthday, Scott. Now on to the rules. We will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true bench warmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. Time for the tailgate, consisting of three warm-up questions worth 10 points each. Question number one, who were the two starting quarterbacks for the Cincinnati Bengals in their two trips to the Super Bowl? We've never done this before. Can we just check in with a first name? No, I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> we can go ahead and check in. Hillbilly Blues have checked in. Happy birthday, Scott. Feel free to talk this one out. I think you already have been, but you know, now you can be specific about things. Go ahead, Scott. All right, so, so Boomer Esiason, right? Yeah. For one of them. And then Ken something. I thought Ken Anderson played for the Falcons. Let's go. I think we should go Esiason and Anderson. Okay. All right, checking in with Boomer Esiason and Ken Anderson. Um, Scott and Wesley on Hillbilly Blues, what did you say? Well, we had similar thinking. I, I immediately knew Boomer Esiason. Again, this is before I was really a Bengals fan, was the Super Bowl year. But it, uh, every time I thought Ken, I was like you guys. I, I thought Ken, I was, and I kept thinking Ken Stabler. And I was like, no, it's not Ken Stabler. But uh, we also come up with uh, Anderson. So we went with Esiason and Anderson. With Esiason and Anderson, well, we are giving points all around at the beginning here, Boomer Esiason, and Ken Anderson, who, um, as far as I know, is a better quarterback than Drew Brees. 
<laughs> Come at me. Yes. Uh, I've got this documented on many websites. Ranker.com. Well, there's that. Moving on to question number two. Five men have defeated Mike Tyson during his 50 and 6 career. Who is the only person to claim two victories against Iron Mike? Dan, we can check in. Hillbilly Blues have checked in, leaving uh, Matt and Scott to talk it out. I feel like it's one of those three names we have there. I think it's Evander Holyfield because I know he beat him once when <laughs> Mike took a bite out of him. <laughs> then I think he beat him before that, though, once, and that's a part of why Mike was so frustrated was because he was getting beat again. But I don't know that. That's just my logic. I don't know that for a fact. That's pretty good logic. Buster Douglas... I thought Buster Douglas like totally went downhill after he lost his his belt after he beat Tyson the first time. I don't know that he ever really boxed much more. I have no idea about Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis was I always think of him as being like just at the beginning of at the end of the Tyson eras when Lennox Lewis started coming in. I don't think Lewis would have faced him twice. Yeah, no, I I, I like your logic with Holyfield. I think I'm good with that. All right, we're gonna check in with uh, Evander Holyfield. Checking in with Evander Holyfield. Hillbilly Blues, what did you check in with? We also went with Evander the Real Deal Holyfield. Again, points all around here. Evander Holyfield, and that is exactly correct what you said, Matt. He um, he beat Mike Tyson the first time, and then Mike was very, very, very frustrated with him and took a bite out of his ear in the second one. Um, that one was won by disqualification. Moving on to question number three. Since 1966... When Red Auerbach retired, three coaches have led the Boston Celtics to two championships. I'd like you to name two of them. Dan, we can check in. Hillbilly Blues is checking in. Happy birthday, Scott. Once again, talk it out. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Third time in a row. I know. Well, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm 90% sure that Bill Russell, because they, after Auerbach, uh, retired it was in the question dan what year was it again 66 1966 yeah they won the next two i'm pretty sure after that because bill russell won as a coach i know he was coach. a player coach yeah yep i feel good about so, that one yep and then the other one it's gonna be whoever was coaching those 80s teams yep which i'm so, having a brain fart on <laughs> like a coaching? bad one um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to picture him like on the sideline and Pat Riley's on the other side. I can't believe I'm blanking oh on this. Oh my gosh. How in the world can I, I not get this? Uh, yeah, I just can't think of who it is. Old white guys that would have been coaching the Celtics in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, pretty I mean, much. Because Doc Rivers only got one with them. They only won the one with the Boston three party. With the KG, uh, Ray Allen, and, and Paul Pierce. Pierce and, right. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I don't want. I don't only, really want to drag this out. I know they only won one, but I mean, he's the best guest that I have. Let's do it. So. Yep, we're gonna check in with Bill Russell and Doc Rivers. Checking in with Bill Russell and Doc Rivers, Hillbilly Blues. What did you come up with? Well, we also came up with Doc Rivers, uh, 2008 Celtics championship. Um, came really close in 2010. Got to a game seven and lost to the Lakers. But for the other one, the guy you wouldn't have got there with old white guy uh, with the uh, with the, the Celtics coach, uh, the guy who coached the uh, the Celtics teams in the eighties was um, 
KC Jones. All right. So you're going with KC Jones and Doc Rivers? Correct. Well, the three of them that coached the Celtics to two championships each were Bill Russell in the late 60s and early uh, and mid 70s, Tom Heinsohn. Oh, you asked for two championships. Oh. And the third one was Casey Jones. So oh. no points awarded on that one. I completely missed that you asked for two championships. That's my fault. No worries, Scott. I. I knew what he asked for, and I was all in on Doc Rivers. Oh yeah, no, I knew I, I didn't. I didn't catch the two championships part at all. Just buzzed right past it. Not a worry. Well, heading into the first quarter, we have a score of Hillbilly Blues twenty and Happy Birthday Scott twenty. Today's first quarter will be the Dean's List. The Dean's List. For this quarter, there will be three lists containing 10 items where the teams will go back and forth, guessing the items on the list. If a team guesses incorrectly, the other team can attempt to finish out that list. Each team is allowed one mulligan to be used after an incorrect guess. Each item is worth 10 points. Today's first quarter will be the Dean's List. Our first Dean's List today, I would like you to name top 10 St. Louis Cardinals in terms of games played for the baseball franchise. And Hillbilly Blues, you'll be going first. Wes, this is uh, pretty much all your wheelhouse, so I will let you proceed. I just shot you several names. Those all Do you like any of those? You didn't have to shoot me anything. <laughs> I, I, could, I could walk out of this room and we'd be as, just as good, man. You kidding me? We're good. There's one Alrighty. of these guys. I don't even know who that. I don't even know they're a human being. I swear <laughs> to God, I feel like I feel like that scene in Major League where he goes, "This guy on here is dead," <laughs> or some of these guys are dead. There. So. <laughs> okay. All right, Scott. Then I'll start it off with the person that I'm sure is number one, and that is Stan Musial. Stan Musial, with three thousand and twenty-six games is number one. Uh, we're going to check in with Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols with 1,705 games is number eight. Um, someone who won't eclipse Stan Musial, but whose games played is still climbing. Unfortunately, it came out that he was one of the six Cardinals that tested positive for COVID. And that is um, Yadier Molina. Yadier Molina with 1,986 games, is number four. All right, we're going to go with the wizard, Ozzie Smith. Ozzie Smith, with 1,990 games, is number three. All right, I think I've got number two, and that's um, Lou Brock. With 2,289, Lou Brock is number two. Uh, we're going to go with Willie McGee. With 1,661 games played, Willie E.T. McGee is number 10 on the list. That, that wasn't one of my original names, but I was actually typing Willie McGee to Scott, right? As y'all were just saying popped that. in my head. I'm like, oh, he's got to be on there. I'll go with a guy that was a player for a while, also managed the team, um, Red Shandies. With 1,795 games, Red Shandies is number six. There are three left, numbers five, seven, and nine. You want to go for it? Yeah, let's do it. Um, 
we're going to go with uh, Joe Torrey. Joe Torrey is not on the list. Would you like to use your mulligan? Heck no. No. <laughs> All right. That means that Hillbilly Blues, you can try and finish this list out and you can talk amongst yourselves. All right, Scott, do you like the three names that I sent you? Uh, yeah, three names. Uh, of course, in the, ten, in, the, uh, in the order, it's just Adam. Yes, yeah. 100%. Okay. The, um, the first one we'll go with, and, and I got these names. My wife and I went to, went to a lot of games when we lived in St. Louis, and I just was trying to think of the retired numbers wall in center. And so the first one we'll go with is um, Eno Slaughter. Eno Slaughter with 1,820 games is number five. We'll go with the guy whose bobblehead I have, um, Ken Boyer. Ken Boyer with 1,667 games is number nine. One left. And then the last one is the one that I'm least sure on. I think our guess is a guy who's not on the wall, but a lot of that's due to, um, due to his importance in player labor movement. Um, because he was the one who sued the MLB for the right to be a free agent. And that's um, Kurt Flood. Kurt Flood, with 1,738 games, is number seven. Congratulations, you completed nice. that Good list. Job, wow. nice yeah. It's, it's crazy that Pujols was there for 11 seasons and is still, did you say eighth, Dan? Eighth, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not like he had a crazy tenure. That makes you wonder, like, where would he be if he was stayed instead of going with the Angels? Like, he'd right. have about 950 home runs right now. That's what would yep. happen had he stayed. <laughs> it's a shame. He's still on pace to get 700. I know. He's about to pass Mays. I hope yeah. he gets there. I yeah. really do. Yeah. Wes and I talked about that recently. He is right at Mays level, and that's that's some really elite territory there. When you start, it, it, it's it's that same it's that same sort of Ken Griffey Jr. argument. It's like had they not switched teams, we're talking. Close, you were talking 800, you know, like it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, exactly. All right. Our next Dean's list is going to be the top 10 longest UFC title reigns. Talking number of days that the title was held, excluding current title reigns. Happy birthday, Scott. We'll start off with you. We are going to kick things off with a potential <laughs> right answer. Uh, we're going to go with the Iceman Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell at 770 days is number nine on the list. We got one, Matt. <laughs> yeah, we got one. That's funny. I'm glad you guys said Chuck Liddell because I didn't have him on my list. Should have saved him, Matt. We should have went with Literally our other one. the should've first saved. name that we came up with. <laughs> I would say that the first name that i think of when it comes to long title reigns is my personal favorite fighter of all time um, long time middleweight champion anderson the spider silva anderson silva at 2457 days is number one on the list he was one of the few other names we had should we go with our french friend <laughs> we'll talk to mr george saint pierre George St. Pierre at 2,064 days is number three on the list. Hey, hey, hey. two. We got two right. <laughs> is he French or Canadian, though? Same he is Canadian. French Canadian. It's the same. <laughs> to be specific, yes. Montreal. Yeah. 
it's funny. He uh, did a promo for the UFC one time, and I, my ears picked up on it because he was on ESPN promoting a fight. <clears throat> it was during one of the backyard brawls between Pitt and WVU, and whenever he introduced the team, he called them the West Virginia Mount Chouaniers. Chouaniers. <laughs> I like that. I was like, I don't know if that's quite right, but yeah. <laughs> you don't see a lot of French Canadians in uh, West Virginia, do you? No, you know, it's rare. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen. I'm going to say it's relatively rare. It's not every day. Uh, so it's our turn. It is your turn. Uh, I think for our next guest, we're going to go with the West. What should I do? I go with the name I might get or guys name is right. That note's right. Go with the one they might get, and, and if you miss it, we'll use our mulligan. Okay, fair enough. Um, here's a very popular name from the Wayback Machine. Um, nine time defended his title. Long time, another long time um, welterweight champion along with GSP, but did lose a title to GSP, uh, uh, Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes at 820 days is number eight on the list. Back over to happy birthday, Scott. Since you did not uh, say that there was a specific gender, we're going to go with uh, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey with 1,074 days is number seven on the list. Wow. That's exactly where I had her, too. Back over to Hillbilly Blues. We're going to go with uh, this guy might be number two on the list overall. A uh, long-time champion, finally lost his title in 13 seconds to uh, another, I won't say his name, but uh, very quick uh, quick knockout, ended his long, long, long title reign, Ho- Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo, 1,848 days, is number four on the list. That's where I had him, too. Now that we know Ronda's on this list and women are fair game, uh, we're going to go with Paige Van Zant. Because I don't know anyone else. Paige Van Zant is not on the list. Would you like to use your mulligan? Nope. I'm thinking right. no. <laughs> Going back over to Hillbilly Blues, where you can finish the list out if you'd like to try. Oh, we're going to try. Uh, I'm going to go with a rather controversial name for my next one. Uh, longtime champion. Never lost his title to uh, in, in the ring. Uh, Johnny Bones Jones. John Bones Jones with 1,501 days is number five on the list. I actually, I know him. I disregarded him because I, I thought he didn't have long title reigns because of all the controversy. Oh, yeah. He had a lot of, like I said, he never lost his title in right. the ring. He always uh, had to give it up uh, outside of uh, fighting. He's only lost one fight and it was a BS disqualification. Uh, he was fighting a guy named uh, Matt Hammer Hamill, and he hit him with a twelve to six elbow, cut him open, got DQ'd. All right, we have three spots left: number two, number six, and number ten. Okay, so um, one that I think is on here that I haven't heard yet. Um, Long-time ruler in the very small weights. I think he's a 125-pound champion for a long time. Uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Demetrius Johnson at 2,189 days is number two on the list. So Lucky Johnson would have gotten y'all one. <laughs> Lucky Johnson would have gotten y'all one. Yep. 
<laughs> Number six and 10 are left. So the next name I have on my list is the longest reigning heavyweight champion of all time. But the funny thing about heavyweights is no one had ever defended it more than two times before this guy did. Uh, the He's not Croatian, but he's got a Croatian name. Uh, but he's actually from Ohio, as he'll let you know after he wins. He does the OHIO chant. Stipe Miosic. Stipe Miosic? Yes. Is not on my list. Oh, oh wow. Would you like okay. to use a mulligan? No, nah, I think we're about used up. All right. I think we're good. Well, the other two that were not named at 1,260 days at number six, Tito Ortiz. Oh, my oh, God. I know yes. him. I wasn't thinking the old guys. Yeah. And at number 10, at 703 days, you might be thinking of a different one, but this one was Frank Shamrock. Mm. Not Ken, Frank. Which will move us on to our third Dean's List of the Day. Hey, this is future Dan breaking in. One of the pitfalls of having multiple rotating hosts on this show is that every once in a while, a duplicate question from a previous episode sneaks its way in. Yeah, this is one of those instances. I would like you to name the top 10 English slash Premier Cup winners from 1889 to 2020. So the teams that have won the English slash Premier Cup the most times since 1889. And we'll start with Hillbilly Blues. Okay. The one who I believe holds it the most has the most overall. They just won their first... Um, Premier League recently, and that is the team that I support. You'll never walk alone, Liverpool. With 19 titles, Liverpool FC is number two on the list. Oh, they had the most. Over to Happy Birthday, Scott. It's yeah, when that first one's got to be on that list. Uh, Dan, we're going to go with uh, Manchester United. Manchester United with 20 wins, is number one on the list. All right, we'll go Chelsea. With six titles, Chelsea is number seven on the list. Oh, okay. Well, six is with Chelsea, you said, and they were what number? They are number seven, and there is actually, let me, uh, there is a three-way tie at six. So that's, they're the ones, they're one of the ones that are tied at six. Okay, I think another one that might be tied at six is Manchester City. Manchester City, also with six, is on the list. That's correct. Uh, we'll say Arsenal. With 13 titles, Arsenal is number three on the list. Yeah, you just took her last one. <laughs> the only <laughs> other the one, one I knew. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to go with Everton. With nine titles, Everton FC is at number four on the list. Shout out to Philip Sanford, the only Everton fan that I know. I think I'm about spent. Scott, I haven't sent this one to you yet, but I think you've told me that I'm good to go. I trust you. One that hasn't been as good lately, but I know we're in the top flight for a long time before they recently got relegated, and that's Aston Villa. Aston Villa, with seven titles, is number five on the list. Good job, Wes. The one I was just sent to Scott. 
<laughs> well, back over to Happy Birthday, Scott. I think I'm. I think I'm spent too. Um, you know, there's always the Tottenham Hotspurs, but I don't think they've won more than like three or four. So hey, four might make the can, list, dude. Yeah, let's go with uh, Tottenham Hotspurs. Tottenham Hotspur is not on my list. Yeah, I'm assuming you'd like to use your mulligan. Yeah, let's use our mulligan and come up with a. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, a lot of these ones now deeper are stretching back into the olden times that I have no idea. Supposed to be your wheelhouse, place. man. Yeah, it should be my wheelhouse, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should be my like 40s era, you know. <laughs> yeah. 40s era English football is not your uh, yeah, wheelhouse. Yeah, isn't that everyone's? I thought that was just, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I don't even know if they're in the Premier League anymore. I don't think they are, and I don't think that they have been for a long time. But a name that's popping into my head on some list from some time is Sunderland. Going with Sunderland with six wins. Sunderland is one of those teams oh, tied oh, at nice. six. Good job. Nice. Squirrel, right? Let's get yeah. And a thing about Sunderland, I just if, if I may, um, there is a series on Netflix called Sunderland Till I Die. I would highly recommend watching that. It is about the Sunderland team coming off of relegation from the Premier League um, and how they're dealing with that. It is an excellent, excellent show. All right, there are two left, um, Hillbilly Blues, if you want to take a shot at them. Yeah, I'm just going to start guessing teams that have some sort of significance that I know about. So um, I'll go with a team that most people are surprised to find on a list of teams that won the Premier League. And that will be um, the Blackburn Rovers. Blackburn Rovers, with four titles, is tied for the ninth and tenth spots. Oh, ah, nice. Good right. job. Four is the ninth, huh? Nine and ten, huh? Finish this up, Matt. <laughs> Dude, I think I'm even out of Premier League teams that I can even think of. Um, <laughs> can I just call an audible and tell you the best Bundesliga team ever? <laughs> Borussia Dortmund, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Dortmund. Whatever. Three or four titles. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be some other London-based team that's not just uh, Arsenal, right? We'll just call it like South London Football Club or something. Didn't one some London team just got uh, promoted to the Premier League? They won the tournament. It was at the FFC, FFFC or something. So we'll say the South London Football Club. The South London Football <laughs> Club, surprisingly, is not on my list. What? The travesty. What? So we'll uh, it's a shoot Queen's it. favorite team. Come on, man. We'll shoot it back to Hillbilly Blues, who have uh, two shots at getting this last one. Wow. Yep, and I just sent Scott my two guesses. The first one, because I freaking love their name, is the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Wolverhampton Wanderers are not on my list. Okay. Mulligan time. Worth a shot. The other one, I said I was going to guess teams with significance. Um, I've watched the documentary about the Hillsborough disaster so many times because it involved Liverpool. And I know that their opponent was Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield so that's my guess. Wednesday with four titles is the last team yes. nice. on the list. Nice. Cool. Nice one. And I had no reason for guessing them in terms of winning titles. It was just they were the other team in Hillsborough. Very well done. 
after so you said that. The team's called Sheffield Wednesday? Yep. It Sheffield is. Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. And that's a team that, uh, Scott, you're not going to forget. Sheffield. Nope, I won't. So what's the Wednesday part? Like You're asking me to do more research Wednesday? than just have the 10 teams? <laughs> what about the other six days out of the week? And I play on those days? What After the first quarter, we have a score of Hillbilly Blues 200 and Happy Birthday Scott 120. Still anyone's game as we move on to the second quarter. Today's second quarter will be The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. First question in the missing link. Upon the one-year suspension of Sean Payton for losing institutional control of his team resulting from the bounty scandal, shame on you, Sean Payton asked this two-time Super Bowl winning coach and former mentor to take over the reins of the New Orleans Saints in his absence. He turned Payton down, but offered to help in other ways. All right, Dan, we're going to check in. Happy birthday, Scott, has checked in for the first time today. Hillbilly Blues, feel free to talk this one out. Okay, Wes, <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of two Super Bowl winning coaches, um, two-time Super Bowl winning coaches. Who would have a tight relationship with Sean Payton to start with? All right, do you want to go uh, – let's go with your answer. Okay. I mean, it was your answer first, but we'll go with um, Jimmy Johnson. Check in with Jimmy Johnson. Checking in with Jimmy Johnson. Let's go back over to Happy Birthday, Scott. What did you say? We checked in with Bill Parcells winning the two Super Bowls with the Giants in the late 80s and 1991, I think it was. Well, one team is getting points on this one. Uh, Sean Payton came from his coaching tree along with other coaches, and that is Bill Parcells. Question two in the missing link. This five-time All-Star first baseman and 1993 National League batting champion spent time with the Expos, Cardinals, Rockies, Braves, Rangers, Giants, and Angels during his 20-year playing career. Okay, we'll check in. Hillbilly Blues has checked in. Happy birthday, Scott. Feel free to talk this one out. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of teams. So, 20 years? Yep, 20 years. You think Andres Calarago played for 20 years nope. in Major League Baseball? I don't, but I he's the only guy I thought of that played first base for the Expos, the Rockies, and the Braves. Oh, I didn't know he played for the Expos. And I I think he also played for the Giants as well. Um, I don't know about the rest of them. I mean, I just know he I just remember him as a Rocky. So, all right. So, Let's assume that the teams are in order here, right? So, played last for the A's, won, mm-hmm. won a batting title in 93, probably played, you know, through the late With 90s. The Rockies. Wait, no, when was the Rockies' first season? That was 93. No, yeah. he, he won He won the batting title. 
in 93. Right. Well, uh, let's again, if we assume the teams are in order, then he probably won the batting title with either the Expos, Cards, Rockies, or Braves because then he's got two AL teams and a stint with the Giants. I don't know, dude. Just in the effort of time and our guests getting bored, let's just go ahead and go with Galarraga, even though it's probably wrong. All right. We'll check in with Andres Galarraga. Checking in with Andres Galarraga. Hillbilly Blues, what did you say? Well, I immediately said to Scott that it's Andres Galarraga. So that's what we went with. <laughs> all right. Uh, points all around on that one. It oh is God. Andres Galarraga, who did win the 1993 National League batting title with the Rockies. So the two <laughs> theme answers we have so far are Bill Parcells and Andres Galarraga. Question number three. The 1993-1994 John Wooden Award and the Naismith Award were presented to this sophomore from Purdue, the first Boilermaker to win the National Player of the Year Award since John Wooden himself did it in 1932. We can check in. We can, we can check in this answer. Uh, happy birthday, Scott. has checked in. Hillbilly Blues, you can talk it out. What's funny is, is I should be able to get this because that's right around the dream team time. It was right around the dream team time. So let's try to back into that. It wouldn't be Shaq. It wouldn't be Leitner. Wouldn't Who be, else no. was? Because I thought Leitner was the 93 Wood, uh, Naismith Award winner. 92-93. Yeah. I would have bet my house that Bobby Hurley won it the next year, but I guess not. Unless they give out – now, this is just my – ignorance here but unless unless they give out the same award for women's basketball they do so they, they, they at least give out one or the other i don't remember which one they do give out uh, yeah i know that i thought they gave out at least the naismith yeah but i'm not getting anywhere closer with um thinking of women who were good in that <laughs> and, era <laughs> and usually those are yukon girls talk on but I cannot come up with a guy oh. who would have won the Naismith in 93-94 no. from Purdue. Everyone I'm thinking of would have been in college in like the late 80s and, and none of them at Purdue. I mean, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Purdue is the big black hole here. Black and gold hole. It's got to be, it's got to be a female. You think? Because I would have thought the, the, the male Naismith <sighs> would have been Bobby Hurley. Hmm. I wouldn't necessarily. Or it could have been, it would have been Shaq, right? Because Shaq was the, or did he mm. come out? He came out. And also he was shut down by Arkansas <laughs> College. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oliver Miller. <laughs> I don't know, Wes. Give me any name and I'll, I'll go with it. I'll sign on. Well, I mean, the name I'm going to give you is Johnson. <laughs> Lucky Johnson. I'll go Lucky Johnson. <laughs> Should we check in with Lucky Johnson in the interest of time? Let's just check in with Lucky Johnson in the interest of time. Checking in with Lucky Johnson. Let's uh, see what Happy Birthday Scott had to say. Uh, we did not check in with Lucky Johnson. <laughs> I, uh, I was stumped for about the first 30 seconds to a minute. I was thinking along the same lines as Scott here. You know, I was like, it's got to be a guy from Duke or, you know, someone who was having a huge season. And so then I started, my fail safe is always go, think about the draft, right? So. It was like 93, 94, you know, probably got drafted pretty high if they're winning both of those awards. Then I'm like, oh, number one overall that year in 1994 NBA draft was from Purdue. His name was Glenn Robinson. So Robinson. Uh, we checked in with Glenn Robinson. Yep. There it is. I didn't know he went to Purdue. That's good. 
Well, one team is getting points here. Surprise, surprise. And that is because the answer was Glenn Robinson. We're sure it wasn't Johnson. <laughs> it's a hyphenated name. It's Robinson Johnson. Yes. <laughs> the theme answers that we have so far are Bill Parcells, Andres Galarraga, and Glenn Robinson. Question four. Although this three-time World Series winner and World Series MVP was not playing in Boston in 2018 and 2019, but for a different MLB team, the Red Sox were still paying his salary through the 2019 season. All right, we'll check in. Hillbilly Blues have checked in. Happy birthday, Scott. Feel free to talk it out. Yeah, where did John Lester go again? I forget. He's on the Cubs. That's right. So three-time World Series. So it has to be 07, 11, and what, 13, right? That's when they... Didn't they win their first one in 04? They did, but Lester wasn't on that team. Yeah. Yeah, because they won it four times in the last, whatever, 17 years or something like that. Yeah. So who else was on some of those those teams? It's not Ellsbury, I don't think. No, because he signed that he signed that huge contract with the Yankees. So the the Red Who's Sox the catcher? Veritek. Well, he he hasn't he's been retired for some time now. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, you know, Bill Miller's gone. Todd Walker's gone. Minnesota Twins. Todd Walker. Todd Walker. The one that makes the most sense is John Lester. Let's go with it. Does it answer and, that question? Does it go with the theme? No. <laughs> Not that I know of, at least. I mean, maybe, but. The only one that goes with the theme is someone that wasn't playing in 2019. But even those other names you came up with, you didn't come up with what the theme-related thing then, too. Right. What tie-in. Yeah, Let's if that's even that. right. So. Yeah. You want to just go with Lester? Let's do it. All right. We're going to check in with John Lester. Checking in with John Lester. Hillbilly Blues, what did you say? Well, Scott sent it over quickly and then said, I can't say it. You'll have to. I'm still mad about it. And then repeated in all caps, still mad about it. And so I am saying on Scott's behalf, Pablo Sandoval. One team getting points here. The correct answer is Pablo Sandoval, who went to play with the Red Sox and sucked and got cut and then went back to the Giants. And now the, until this last season, the Red Sox were paying his salary. Completely forgot about him. Still mad about it. <laughs> Still mad about it. I'm, I'll never get over Pablo Sandoval. <laughs> it's my macho grande. <laughs> so the theme answers so far are Bill Parcells, Andres Galarraga, Glenn Robinson, and Pablo Sandoval. Question number five. In August of 2012, this former Heisman Trophy finalist and Chuck Bednarik Award winner was dismissed from his college team ahead of his junior season for violating team rules. He was then drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in 2013, reuniting him with his former college defensive backfield mate. All right, we can check in. We're, we're also checked in. All right, both teams have checked in. So, um, Hillbilly Blues, what did you say? Um, we said that he was reunited with um, Patrick Peterson from LSU, and we said Tyran Matthew. Tyran Matthew, and um, happy birthday, Scott. What did you say? Uh, we also checked in with the exact same logic, uh, Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew. Well, points all around on this one. 
because the answer is Tyron Matthew. Good job, Wes. You came up with that quick. Our missing link on this one, the answers Bill Parcells, Andres Galarraga, Glenn Robinson, Pablo Sandoval, and Tyron Matthew. One team checked it in after question number two, and one team checked it in after question number five. Both of them checking in animals in their nicknames. And the themed answers all have animal nicknames, with Bill Parcells being the big tuna, Andres Galarraga the big cat, Glenn Robinson the big dog, Pablo Sandoval Kung Fu Panda, and Tyron Matthew Honey Badger. Hillbilly Blues checked it in after two questions, so they will be getting the 100 points. Very nice. And 50 points for Happy Birthday Scott. Going into halftime, we have the scores of Hillbilly Blues, 360. Happy Birthday, Scott, 250. Still a great game and still anybody's game as we head into halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports with each question worth 20 points. Question number one in halftime. Name the 1992 film based on this IMDb review. Chester Lee must take on the coaching duties of his company's employee daughter soccer team in order to impress his boss. Desperate for success, he enlists the aid of a ringer, his fiance's son. Wackiness ensues. We can check We're in. Checked in. Also, I'm mad at you because I literally had a question about this in my next game. Happy birthday, Scott has uh, checked in and Scott is mad at me. Great. <laughs> Happy birthday, Blues. Happy birthday, Blues. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm about to have. You keep taking all my questions. Hillbilly Blues, feel free to talk this one out. All right, Scott. So you said kicking and screaming, but I'm pretty sure that was early aughts. I don't think that was in the 90s. Definitely not as early as 92. I thought I had seen a lot of off-the-wall sports movies, but this is not one that I'm familiar You're with. You're going to need to check this out when you get a chance. It seems like it's early, though. 92 just seems so early for Yeah. Them. I think they had a question about Ben Delight back in one early episode of this podcast, and I'm, it doesn't seem like it was as early as 92. But, again, I don't have anything better. I don't have this. That does seem early. You have any thoughts? It's not like the third Airbud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could be. Um, it, Airbud World Pup, I think, was the subtitle yes, was. of that one. <laughs> uh, okay, so we got. It's not kicking and screaming. It's not bending like a Beckham. It's not. She's the man. Crap! I don't know, man. Bend it like Beckham and cut our losses and live to fight another day? Yep. I like it. Lucky Johnson, Bend okay. it like Beckham. So. Okay. Checking in with Bend it like Beckham, which I would not uh, consider to be a movie that has wackiness ensuing, but that's okay. <laughs> um, Scott, you seem to get on this one right away. What did you say? Well, to be fair, um, both of us pretty, you know, we knew this uh, right away. Um, I love this movie. I, I wore out the VHS tape as a kid. 
uh, Rodney Dangerfield's. It, I mean, what an incredible performance there. Yeah, I get no respect. It's 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 Matthew. She's Martha. She's Matthew. She's Martha. And uh, Jack Hay, Harry, does a great job. And the late Jonathan Brandis, rest in peace. Uh, it's Ladybugs. One team getting points here. The answer is Ladybugs. Great job. Just nice job, y'all. Completely black hole that Love one. That's that great. Movie. Question number two. Vangelis won the 1982 Best Score Academy Award for this film that recounts the story of the friendship between British sprinters Harold Abrams and Eric Liddell. Bring check in. Okay, Hillbilly Blues has checked in. Happy birthday, Scott. You talk it out. It's got to be Chariots of Fire, right? Yeah, I think so. We'll check in with Chariots of Fire. Checking in Chariots of Fire. Um, Hillbilly Blues, what did you say? I started typing Chariots of Fire to Scott as soon as you said the word Vangelis. Yeah, as soon as you said Vangelis, <laughs> I said the same thing at the same time to him. At Vangelis, really. Oh, it's Chariots of Fire. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, points all around on that one. Obviously, Chariots of Fire, one of the uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, it's great. Very, very good film. And the soundtrack really is iconic. Question three. The first season of HBO's Hard Knocks oh my God. documented the training camp of which defending Super Bowl championship team? Oh, <laughs> you're naming a team that's not even a team. You have me so confused right now. I'm, I'm thinking of that crazy HBO sitcom. You're thinking of Ballers? About the NFL that we were thinking of talking about a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> what was Let's, never mind. Okay. Totally First and ten? Something totally different. He sent me a team that's not even a, a, a team. Yeah. So I'm really no, no, say no, that. No, Matt, this is a real team. <laughs> okay, we can check in. Hillbilly Blues has checked in. Happy birthday, Scott. Talk it out. Last time the Steelers won against was, the Cardinals. Yeah, that would have been the in 09 to 08 season. Yeah. And then 09 in early part of uh, 2010 was the Saints beating uh, the Colts. Colts. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Th- my, it was my the first... Packers beating the Steelers not the and Packers. the Giants beating the Patriots. Yep. Yeah. So my those were my first three thoughts were the Saints, the Steelers, or the Giants. The timeline fits around that time. I don't think it's mm-hmm. the Ravens in 2013, you know, the, so you coming think out of 2012, if it was the Steelers, that would have been – 12 years ago because it would have been the 09 season right going into the 09 season so that would have been yeah 11 years ago i'm good with that they just seem like i mean tomlin seems like you know yeah i'm trying to think of what coaches because i don't allow them you know i don't remember tom coughlin allowing the giants to do that i mean maybe they did but i could see the saints doing it too because i feel like sean payton would yeah, stodgy old coaches don't let right. hard knocks into their locker room. Right. So they don't want that kind of stuff. So it's got to be somebody who's into making a name for themselves. Sean Payton is like that. Tomlin's not like that, but I think he's kind of one of those okay, he'd be okay with that kind of stuff and cool with it. I want to. I think I want to lean towards the Saints. I'm cool with that if you want to go with that. Yeah, let's. we're going to check in with the New Orleans Saints. Checking in with the New Orleans Saints. And Scott and Wesley, what did you say? Okay, so our conversation went a myriad of directions. 
we were trying to pin down the year and Scott said, okay, so a Super Bowl winner in the mid 2000s. And I immediately said, okay, so the Pats. And Scott said, not the Pats, that would be a distraction. And so we talked some more. And then he said, what about, I'm thinking like 2004. And I said, okay, then the Pats. And then he said back <laughs> in all caps, not the Pats. And I think we went through this a couple more times. <laughs> um, we finally went the direction of a quarterback who for the longest time, the debate was whether or not he was elite. And we went with the Ravens. Went with the Ravens. Are you talking about the, uh, the Joe Flacco led team? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, I can tell you right now that you are not thinking of the uh, right team, but you are thinking of the right franchise. It was <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens in the 2001 season. We oh, like wow. We we said the same thing. We said, okay, we're covered on either end of that decade, basically. The uh, uh, the Ravens uh, were followed around in the 2001 wow. season. Um, Brian Billick let them in, which was surprising. No, that's then, not surprising at all. That guy would do anything to get attention. The, the next year in 2002, what was not surprising was that they went to the Cowboys. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Then they took a hiatus until 2007. That Okay, oh, that's what was no, getting. That okay, makes that's, sense. Where, yeah. that's where my okay. brain yeah. not picking Same up. Same here. Okay. But yes, the Baltimore Ravens are the correct answer. Question number four, 2010's ode to Pittsburgh sports, black and yellow, and the 2011 retort, a nod to a certain Wisconsin-based football team of which I will not utter the name, green and yellow, were released by which two artists, respectively? We can check in. Okay. Happy birthday, Scott, is checked in, and happy birthday, Scott, with that uh, question, apparently. Hillbilly Blues, feel free to talk this one out. All right. So in the middle of the question, Scott and I both sent to each other Wiz Khalifa. And then you had to go off and ask for the second artist. Is there are there any Wisconsin-based rappers? Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Wisconsin-based rappers? Only when Matt does his Beastie Boys impersonations. Which is does not happen nearly enough, by the way. So I got mad hits like I was Rod Carew. <laughs> Okay, he didn't say that it was a Wisconsin-based rapper that released the retort. And so, I mean, it could really be anyone. I mean, maybe like Drake? Oh, God. Is that something Drake would do? I think I immediately have love to Toronto, but they don't have a football team. Do you think he'd jump on the bandwagon of the Packers for whatever reason? Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, we know Drake's a rapper who's into sports. Yeah, but I don't see him as being a Green Bay Packers clinger on. Yeah, I mean, I don't have I don't a either. lot. Do you want to go Wiz Khalifa and Drake? Hey, you know what? Interest time, let's just do it. Okay, Dan, we'll check in with um, Wiz Khalifa and Drake. Wiz Khalifa and Drake. Happy birthday, Scott. What did you say? Uh, so obviously, black and yellow, Wiz Khalifa, right? Everybody knows that. Dan, you surprisingly left out White and Navy, the New York Yankee remix by Fabulous in this question. But, uh, but uh, Green and Yellow was done by uh, Lil Wayne, Wheezy. He's a Packers fan, even though he's from New Orleans. He actually raps that in the song. So I don't need to really say anything else except for points to Happy Birthday Scott on that one. 
The answer is Wiz Khalifa and Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is very, very famously a Packers fan. Not, not that famous. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not famous enough, apparently. Words not getting out in the hillbilly states. That's all I'm saying. Question five. Saved by the Bell's favorite jock, A.C. Slater, is known to play three different sports for, Bay, for the Bayside Tigers, even though two of these sports traditionally are played during the same season. Name the three sports. Yeah, we'll check in. All right, happy birthday. Scott has checked in. Hillbilly Blues, what do you got? All right, I know he was involved in wrestling. That was the primary sport. I'm pretty sure the other two are football and basketball, and that's what we're going to go with, football, basketball, and wrestling. Okay, you're checking in football, basketball, and wrestling. And happy birthday, Scott. What did you say? Yeah, we said the same thing. Uh, Known for wrestling and played football and wrestling and basketball the same season. So it went football, wrestling, basketball. All right, points all around on that one. It is football, basketball, and wrestling. Chop Scott. All right, heading into the second half, we have a score of Hillbilly Blues with 420. Happy birthday, Scott, with 330. Again, anyone's game. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. As we're going into the third quarter, David and Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of five pairs of questions. One easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, each team will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 20 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. Today's David and Goliath is going to be David and Goliath Division I College and University Edition. I'm going to give you a city, state, and conference, you just need to tell me which university is there. Fairly simple. Question one, David, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Atlantic Coast Conference, Goliath, Cullowee, North Carolina, Southern Conference. Yes. Want to check in with that? I'm going to go ahead and check in, yes. All right. Happy birthday, Scott has checked in. Hillbilly Blues, go ahead. All right, Scott. Of course, we have David. Easy. I just sent you a guess for what I think Goliath is. I don't hate it. Do you want to go for it? Yeah, let's go for it. Why not? Okay, we're going to check in with Goliath and say Western Carolina. Checking in with Goliath for Western Carolina. And happy birthday, Scott. What did you say? Yeah, Scott came up with this one, but I saw this team get absolutely trounced by my Badgers in the basketball tournament here a few years back. It's Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is what you're saying? Well, one team is getting points on this one, and that is Western Carolina University. 
The University of North Carolina is, of course, the answer to the David, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I didn't even know Western Carolina was a school. I never heard of it before. The Catamounts. Yep. Question number two, David, Orlando, Florida, the American Athletic Conference, Goliath, Daytona Beach, Florida, the Mideastern Athletic Conference. Dan, we'll check in. Hillbilly Blues have checked in. Happy birthday, Scott. Talk it out. Uh, I don't really have anything. So if you maybe we should go with David. We're going to check in with the David, and we're going to go with uh, UCF, the University of Central Florida. University of Central Florida. And Hillbilly Blues, what was your answer? Okay, so um, Scott and I were talking, and I immediately said the MEAC is um, HBCUs. And I knew that Florida A&M is in Tallahassee. And so I kept thinking, and I believe that it's Bethune-Cookman that's in Daytona Beach. Well, the answer to David is indeed the University of Central Florida. And the answer to Goliath is Bethune-Cookman University. Wow. Great job, Wes. Yeah, very impressive. Question number three, David, New Brunswick, New Jersey the Big Ten Conference, and Goliath, Teaneck, New Jersey, the Northeast Conference. Dan, we'll check in. Hillbilly Blues has checked in. Happy birthday, Scott. Go ahead. I'd say we just go at Rutgers, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I passed many a sign on my way to various vacations that say Teaneck, New Jersey. Never thought to stop in and, and visit the university, so that's my bad. Yeah, let's just do it. I, I don't I don't know what it is, so I don't think I'm going to get it, even if we sat around here throwing stuff out for 20 minutes that we weren't going to get it. So we're going to check in with David and say uh, Rutgers. Checking in Rutgers University and Hillbilly Blues, what did you say? When you started in New Jersey, I was thinking that um, you were going to go to the America East because my first thought was um, the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Highlanders are in the America East, but then you didn't. And so I had to recalibrate a minute, but I landed on um, Fairleigh Dickinson for Goliath. Checking in with Fairleigh Dickinson. Okay. The uh, answer to David was the uh, Rutgers University. And the answer to Goliath is not mostly Dickinson, but Fairleigh Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> not, not all the way Dickinson, but also not no Dickinson. Right, exactly. They're, they're fairly Dickinson. <laughs> Question number four, David. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the Ivy League. Goliath, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the Patriot League. And we'll check in. Okay. Um, Hillbilly Blues has checked in again. Happy birthday, Scott. Talk it out. We're getting hammered here. So obviously the David is Penn, right? All right, man, I'm trying to think of the Patriot, right? That's like Bucknell, right? They're in the Patriot. Are they? I don't know. I don't know either. What conference is Howard in? Isn't Howard no in idea. That? Aren't they in that, uh, in the uh, Philadelphia area? Yes. Are they in Philadelphia or are they in a suburb? Don't know. It's got to be Massachusetts schools, right? Philadelphia, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York. I have no idea. Um, yeah, let's just, why don't we just go with Penn? Let's just go with David and we'll say Penn. Yep. Checking in Penn for um, David. And 
um, Hillbilly Blues, what did you say? Um, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania is Lehigh. And the answers are Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is the University of Pennsylvania or Penn and Bethlehem, Pennsylvania is Lehigh University. I'm just going to say this, uh, uh, Dan, you realize that there are universities like, you know, west of the Appalachian Mountains, right? You know, there's Appalachian. Same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> say Appalachian. It's, it's, a, it's a soft day because if you say Appalachian, we'll throw an apple at you. That's okay. Right. <laughs> well, you're a long way away. So you have a strong arm. So. <laughs> well, you know. But yeah, so they have more universities. Like where you're from, Dan, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. How about I go um, west of Appalachia right now? Okay. Sounds great. Question five. David, New Orleans, Louisiana the American Athletic Conference, and Goliath, Lake Charles, Louisiana, the Southland Conference. Right, we're going to check in with Goliath. All right, checking in. Hillbilly Blues, you can talk it out. Okay, so I immediately sent Scott that I thought it was Northwestern State, but I wanted to think about it for a second. Um, and then I remembered Northwestern State is in Natchitoches. Well, of course it is. Not, that sounds like a real not, place and not totally made up right now by you. Not to be confused with um, Nagadush and um, or Natchez. Texas. Um, it's a, it's I a think soft day. That, yeah, that, see, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> makes a difference. Okay? But I think that um, Lake Charles is McNeese State. All right, checking in with McNeese State and happy birthday, Scott. What did you say? <laughs> we have to make up ground here so i just threw something out there and i'm pretty sure lake charles is in like the east, southeastern portion of louisiana so i said south louis southeast louisiana state University. southeast louisiana state <laughs> well southeast louisiana is a university <laughs> well surprisingly one team getting points here and that is because the uh, goliath answer is McNeese State University. We um, also had for the David in New Orleans is Tulane. So, 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 so y'all will appreciate this. As soon as I said that um, this has taught me I watch way too much college sports, my wife immediately texted me, say it louder for the people <laughs> in the back. <laughs> After the third quarter, we have a score of Hillbilly Blues, 670. Happy birthday, Scott, 390. So we have had quite a bit of a shift in score, but you're not out of reach yet. So the fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. The categories for today are as follows. Category one, who lives, who dies, who tells your story? Category yes. two, you'll be back. Category three, right-hand man. Category four, burn. And category five, hurricane. Hey, that's funny. I'm sitting through one right now. It's now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question one in who lives, who dies, who tells your story? 
Jim Bouton wrote a tell-all account on his time with the 1969 Seattle Pilots based on the diary that he kept that year. What was the name of this monumental work that revealed the darker side of baseball? Dan, we'll check in. Hillbilly Blues has checked in. Happy birthday, Scott. You can talk it out. That's what you think it is, Matt. Check it in. Okay. Yep. We are going to check in with uh, ball four for a monster five points. Checking in with ball four and Hillbilly Blues. What did you say? Um, we also checked in with ball four for a hundred points. Both teams checking in with ball four. All right. And both teams getting their points on this one as the answer was ball four. Question two in You'll Be Back. The Las Vegas Aces are a WNBA team that used to be known as the San Antonio Silver Stars. The franchise arrived in San Antonio, however, after leaving what other market in 2002? Scott, give me a second. I think I know this. Take your time. Okay, go, go to your mind, palace. Take your time. Okay, Dan, we will check in. Checking in with Hillbilly Blues. Happy birthday, Scott. Talk it out. You are the WNBA person. I, I do like the WNBA. Um, I'm trying to remember the teams that were around, you know, back then. Um, obviously, like, you know, the Liberty, the Comets, uh, the Washington Mystics, the Detroit Shock, all them. So it's not any of them. It's not Phoenix Mercury. It's not the LA Sparks, Seattle Storm. Uh, I believe there was a team, the Sacramento Monarchs. It could be them. I don't know if I really remember them lasting much longer. I'm just trying to think of the Indiana Fever, but it's not them. Connecticut Sun, it's not them. I'm trying to think of big cities and thinking if there's like a team, a big city that I'm missing. The Dallas Chappelle's? Chaparrells? What was that name? The Chaparrells. <laughs> I listened to that this morning and I was like... This guy doesn't know what he's saying. Let's, uh, let's check in with the uh, Sacramento Monarchs, and we wagered 100 points. Checking in with the Sacramento Monarchs for 100 points, and Hillbilly Blues, what did you say? So, so Dan, just to be clear, you asked what market they moved from, right? I asked from the market, yeah. Oh, I think I have the team name, but I'm not uh, as confident on it. Okay. Um, I think that they were called the Utah Stars, S-T-A-R-Z-Z, because I think I've had a question before about, um, about an NBA and WNBA team in the same market who both had names that ended in a double Z. And so we, we locked in with the Salt Lake City, Utah market. Okay. Locking with the Utah Salt Lake City market for 100 points. Well, they basically did the opposite of what the uh, Minnesota-Dallas NHL connection was. They were uh, the North Stars moved and became the Stars. In this case, the Silver Stars came from the Utah Salt Lake City Stars with two Zs. Again, Wes, killing it. Carrying the team, man. Nothing new there. Yeah. Cheers, bud. Jeez. Question three, right-hand man. Between 1976 and 1979, Steve Carlton made 140 starts for the Philadelphia Phillies. 128 of those starts included this battery mate. 
the backup to Bob Boone, who would eventually go on to be in the broadcast booth for a record 24 World Series. Yeah, we can check in, Dan. Okay, happy birthday. Scott has checked in. So Hillbilly Blues, talk this one out. Okay, Scott, you're absolutely correct. It's funny because um, both Carlton and this guy started with the Cardinals or or played with the Cardinals, but also spent a a more significant amount of time with um, the Phillies. Actually, actually, this guy's time wasn't more significant with the Phillies. Either way, it's Tim McCarver. All right, checking in Tim McCarver for how many points? A hundo. 100. Happy birthday, Scott. What did you say? Uh, yep. So I knew it wasn't Joe Buck. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who's his broadcast partner for all, the, all those years? Tim McCarver. And we uh, also bet 100 points. All right. Well, the answer to this one is, yes, Tim McCarver. I fell down a rabbit hole of personal catchers and uh, realized that there's a, there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Doug Mirabelli. Javi Lopez was the main catcher for Greg Maddox. but Oh, Eddie Perez. Eddie Perez, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, Javi Lopez yep. was the primary catcher, but Eddie Perez was uh, Maddox's Always catcher. Always called Maddox, yeah. yep. And, and a McCarver now um, calls Cardinals games. He's not on National yep. Fox anymore, but that's he's right. – So I watch him all the time. He doesn't call every game as color, and I like the ones where he doesn't call better than I like the ones where he does call. Smart. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good call. It's funny, like usually the older ones, I don't use, I like the younger guys when they do the color commentary. However, when Jim Cott does the Twins games, I like Jim Cott a lot. He has a lot of insight, but he played baseball for like 700 years. Danny Gladden is still my favorite. So he's my favorite, one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah. So play by play, then on the radio too. Yeah. I grew up listening to the Cardinals on the radio. So I'm always going to be partial to Mike Shannon and how he calls a mm-hmm. game. Jim Cott, not to be co- confused with Jim Cotta, the uh, famous 80s. Man. Soft A. Soft A. That's what Soft. I was told the joke. We have joke. a episode title, I, I believe. I setting it up. Uh, yes, we do. Damn it. Question number four in the category of burn. Name the NFL Hall of Fame receiver from this quote. The one thing I did learn at Florida State I learned to talk trash. Believe that. <laughs> We're checked in. All right. Hillbilly Blues is checked in. Happy birthday, Scott. Talk it out. Juggling on this one. I'm just trying to think of Florida State right? Hall of Famers, period, is what I was throwing out there. Oh, I was like, that's why you're throwing these names out. I'm like, I'm just trying to think of, to jog my memory of other sure. Florida State. Right. I have a feeling that this might be an older player, you know, like from the sure, yeah. 70s or 80s. Dude, we might have to tap on this one. I, I mean, I got a lot of names in my head, but none of them are from Florida State. Yeah. Deion Sanders did play wide receiver for a couple of games, but he's not. And he did yeah, right. was known to trash talk, and he's from Florida State. I don't know that he played wide receiver at Florida State, though. Did he? I don't think it's Deion. That seems too too easy. Yeah. Let's check in with at least with a Florida State receiver. We got a Bengals. We got a Bengals fan here. Florida State. We're gonna check in with Peter Warwick. Peter Warwick, mm-hmm. whose bust you can see at uh, in Canton, I'm sure. <laughs> Checking in with Peter Warwick. 
and Hillbilly Blues, what did you say? All right, so we went back and forth on this. I, we said the same thing about Dion, that he was a wide receiver at Florida State, but he wasn't a wide receiver primarily in the NFL. And Wes astutely pointed out that one of my favorite players was at Florida State for about 0.15 milliseconds in between stints at Notre Dame and uh, Marshall University. Straight cash homie. We thought it was Randy Moss. How many did you? Uh, how many points did you bet on this one? We win a hundred points for a trash talk. And we bet 50. Well, the one thing that he did learn at Florida State for the cup of coffee he was there was how to trash talk, and that was Randy Moss. Good job, Wes. Wade talked me into that. I can tell you this. Randy Moss knew how to trash talk before he ever got to Florida State. I saw him at DuPont High School in Bell, West Virginia. That dude was for real. <laughs> the best high school athlete I've ever seen in my life. That that video of him at Marshall where he just runs away from everyone. Oh, that's the, the yeah, that's the army game. Yeah, the army game where he hurdles the guy. Yeah. He's he was a monster. I had I had center I had fifty yard line tickets to those games, man, while I was at Marshall. And I saw him at Bell up against, you know, five foot four slow dudes that were right out of the holler. I mean, it wasn't fair, man. Am I crazy or did he also run track at Marshall? Dude, okay. Two seconds. I got a story here. This is a great Randy Moss story, right? This is a true story. So Randy Moss ran exactly two days on Marshall's track team, and it was for the Southern Conference Championship. They, his freshman year, Marshall was still in the Southern Conference in one double A. The coaches just kept on in his ear. You know, you can come run track for us. You know, you can run track for us. And they blew him off. He hadn't run track since high school. He was state champion and everything in high school, but uh didn't even didn't even pursue it and then they finally talked him into it he said i'll tell you what if i show up i show up they're warming up the bus to go down to chattanooga for the southern conference championships and out of the facility building walks randy moss gets on the bus like it's cooler than cool right gets on the bus goes down to chattanooga they got to teach him how to get out of the blocks again they work with him for like a half hour to get out of the blocks Randy Moss proceeds to not only win the Southern Conference Championship in everything he ran, set a school record on Friday in his first heat, broke the school record on Saturday after he had a day practice, qualified for the NCAA Championship, and never ran track again. Just baller move, man. The dude's a legend. Moving on to question number five in the category of hurricane. According to HockeyReference.com, who is the career leader in nine of the 16 dedicated goalie statistics for the Carolina Hurricanes slash Hartford Whalers franchise, including wins, saves, shutouts, and goalie point shares? I don't have anything, Scott, so if you want to go with that, sure. Okay, we'll check in. Happy birthday, Scott has checked in. So, Hillbilly Blues, you can talk this one out. I have no idea any goalies from either the Hartford Whalers or the Carolina Hurricanes. All right, Dan, they asked us in the very first question. Can we ask it? And so I'll ask it now. Can we check in with just the first name? <laughs> because I've got an inkling in here. I'm not good at hockey trivia. I'm, I'll just say that right now. 
but I think I might have an inkling. Tell you what, I'll thing. indulge you, seeing as I know what your wager was on this. I'll let you do it. <laughs> okay. We will lock in with Cam. Locking in with Cam. I'm assuming you mean Newton. Okay. We'll go to <laughs> Happy Birthday, Scott. I mean, I think now we should just check in with Cam. Um, <laughs> don't know. Don't know a lot of goalies. Not our area of expertise. We wagered zero. Said Roberto Luongo. Roberto Luongo. Well, the correct answer is Cam Ward. I didn't have Ward anywhere. I just something tickled in my mind that there was a guy named Cam that played goalie for the Hurricanes. I think it was like going around the horn, and um, one of the panelists kept calling him Mister Ward. And final. It, when the Hurricanes were in the Stanley Cup, and finally Tony Reale was like, "Do you know his first name?" And they were like, "Cam." Spoiler alert on that one: both teams bet zero going into that one. <laughs> and the game has come to an end. And here are the final scores. Happy birthday, Scott! Finishes with three hundred and forty-five points. And our clipboard captains of the game who are receiving the coveted A.J. Feely Award <laughs> with 1,070 points and a new Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast record, Woo! Hillbilly Blues. Yay. Hey. It's all Wesley no, Wells. What about those no, UFC even. fighters? You were all, you were all over a lot of these. Yeah. Yeah. I had That's zero it. of those. The UFC is the only thing I ever brought. And you brought the Bengals quarterback's first question of the game. David versus Goliath is what killed us, man. Holy cow. Dan, I thought I thought on the Sinister Six that Dan was the sports guy. With Actually, Wesley. Phil's the sports guy. That's the crazy oh, thing. Oh, really? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a solid third. On the oh six six in sports. Really, this is Dan a uh, sports heavy six. Yeah, but we never get, we never have sports questions though. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the problem is we don't get a lot of sports questions. Let's get the uh, sinister six guys who don't know much about sports on this podcast. Oh, Je- Jeffrey and Mike on here. As long as every question was about um, <laughs> about Daryl Strawberry, we'd be okay. <laughs> that's Mike's go to answer on anything sport. <laughs> I still feel like Mike and Jeffrey could throw up, could throw up a respectable showing. They probably could. Uh, Mike would Mike would definitely help in the uh, in the halftime. Absolutely, he would. Jeffrey Jeffrey knows everything. He's just been exposed to so much. And then Mike, if they gave like an out here and there, a backdoor into the answer that wasn't sports related, he, he's definitely got a shot. So, well, thanks, Wesley and Scott, for coming on. Good time. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. This was a great time, man. Anything you'd like to say before we call it a night? This was a good time. I enjoyed it. Heck of a time. We really appreciate it. We love the podcast. And a shout out to the rest of the Sin Six out there. I'm sure we'll be talking with y'all on a daily basis as we always do. So warming up my vocal cords. Here we go. Matt and Scott, anything else? Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Happy birthday, Scott. It is his birthday. It is officially my birthday. It's Scott's birthday tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, right. I um honestly, this this was great, Dan. This was a great game. 
very well written. I love the halftime question about ladybugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, no. I thought that I thought the missing link was great. I thought the theme was great. I thought that David and Goliath category for the schools was great. And my birthday present is Eric is no longer the record holder for points Yay. on this podcast. So what more could I ask for? So thank you, gentlemen, for that. You know, the funny thing about all oh. that is, is that uh, you guys, for as good as you did, right, you did leave one, two, three, four, five. You did leave five questions on the table, too. So the possibility you guys should come back and beat that record again, I think. I, yeah, I don't see. I that think anything. this is probably about our ceiling. I think the questions lined up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you get Wes and Philip on here, I'll you know. I'll bets. Yeah. Spo- Good luck spoiler alert: In two weeks, uh, Phil and I are going to be teaming up. So let's. Yep. Uh... That's that's when I expect yeah, the record to that's fall. Dangerous. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. This is a nice two weeks. Who is writing this, that so. show? <laughs> Um, I think it's JJ, actually. Yeah, oh, it's, JJ, it's, it's JJ's. <laughs> That's going to be fun. <laughs> Points are going to be flying off the board in that yeah, game. Yeah, I was going to say. I could write a uh, show just on 1890s baseball if you <laughs> Old Hoss Radburn. You, you've already done it. What do you mean? You can. And they're done that, Matt. Yeah. Moses Fleetwood Walker. Sure. Right. What was your guy? Glo- Grover Cleveland Grover Alexander. Cleveland Alexander. I got that right. <laughs> did, did Wesley? Did you get that one? The uh... absolutely. Grover Cleveland Alexander Bogarts. I was yelling it. I thought that one was pretty easy, right? But his it's just Pete Bogarts is what he goes by, right, or something <laughs> like that. It's it goes by Pete no, Alexander. it is Pete, Pete Alexander. Yeah, Pete yeah. Alexander, Cleveland Alexander go. went yeah. by Pete. Yeah, yeah. Weren't you going with uh, Grover Cleveland Alexander yeah. yes. Bogarts? Yeah, was yeah. Before and after, yep. and I and I made the joke about uh, how it was ale Alexander, and I said, is a, "Is a Grover Cleveland ale? Is that the first half of it? Is that like a?" I said, "Is a Grover Cleveland ale uh, when you got when you drink one, you have to have another beer in between getting the second Grover Cleveland ale." <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. As a fan of the ales, I'm all for that. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at BenchwarmersTP.